Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. And indeed, if you hear a little laughter in my voice, it's because I'm so overjoyed. Joining me in the studio today is Daryl Yeager from Odyssey Dance Theater, the founder, the artistic creator. You have a few more titles yeah, beyond that, Yeah, chief cook and bottle. I drive the truck. <laughs> you know, I'll load the trucks. You Vis- know. I'll say visionary. Well, I guess. Well. Okay, visionary is a good idea. Yeah, yes, especially work. when that'll we work. talk about you bring the very best dancers on stage here in Salt Lake City, but then you also bring them around the world, which is tremendous it's as well. It's amazing. I mean, this year, we're in the spring, we're going to Tel Aviv. My goodness. For a week in Tel Aviv. And then, then we go to Germany for Will this be for your first time? Or, or yeah, this you? is our first time to Tel Aviv. We're very excited about Where it. Where will you be performing in Tel Aviv? Uh, it's the big, uh, big opera house there. Wow. You know, so I'm hoping it's still there yes. when we get, the, that, get to yes, that point. But uh, the, the politics but, are such that yes. you have a chance to be there. But I'm we're really excited about what it. What was behind the invitation to perform in Tel Aviv? Uh, I, I have we have an agent that works mm-hmm. for us in Europe and stuff like that, and he he knows these people and talked to them and said bring them over and said okay how beautiful is that odyssey dance theater right now is uh, in the midst of pulling open the curtains to i what i believe is one of my favorite uh, i can't say arrangements interpretations of the nutcracker yes uh redux nutcracker yes we call it the redux nut cracker (laughs) redux (laughs) nut cracker Cracker. yeah the hyphen is there after nut yes and uh you know it's just a totally updated version of the show i mean you know I looked at it closely because I had taken, I'd done Ballet West for many years and did tons and tons and tons of Nutcracker performances. And, you know, I was pretty much sick of the Nutcracker by the time I finished my career there. And and I just stayed away from it for years. And then I thought, well, if I was going to do one, what would I do with it? What would I do it with with my company? And I I thought, well, nobody, the kids now, because I want to update it so the kids today can relate to it mm-hmm. because the original story in the traditional Nutcracker, it's 1836 Germany, you know, German Christmas party and a girl gets a Nutcracker. Well, I mean, kids today don't even know anymore. what a Nutcracker does. Sure. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they go, well, what is that? Cause my, I buy my nuts already cracked. Well, I don't you know want to give mean? too much away, but I'll, I'll just say a cell phone is in the life of every yes. child now uh-huh. and Redux Nutcracker Cracker. Is yes. is kind of opening up the story from that handheld. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She gets she she actually gets a nutcracker, and then she looks at it and goes, "What the heck is this?" and throws it away. <laughs> and everybody's like shocked. And then 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 Drosselmeyer brings out a cell phone, and an iPhone, and hands it to her. And oh. This year we decided it's the ten. <laughs> so it's the size of three feet by two feet, <laughs> yes. and it's facial recognition. You know, but uh, but it's an iPhone. And then all of a sudden, the story makes sense to me because in the traditional Nutcracker, Clara falls asleep. She goes 
she has this big dream and she goes to this uh, land, land of candy and people come and dance for her from all these different countries. And I'm like, and then at the end of the show, she gets in her thing and waves goodbye and it's gone. And you're going, well, what was that all about? And to me, I wanted to make it make not only a social statement, but also have something that relates to the kids, the kids can relate to. And so in her phone, all these places she goes, it's like, okay, well, let me, let's, there's, there's an app for that. Okay. I'm going to, why don't I go see what China's like? You know, I'm really? going to Google China. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, our sugar plum fairy is actually Siri, which, you know, who, if you want to see. I just wish see... I was in the room with you while you were visioning, you know, coming up with this. <laughs> well, it, it made perfect sense to me, you know. Uh, hey, that, so that, she just says, yeah, hey, because, sugar plum fairy. Yeah, sugar plum fairy is Siri. I mean. Mm-hmm. Who would have known that she was such a good dancer? You know, yeah. you never, you, you never, you never put a body to but the face of for, Siri. For someone who hasn't danced uh, in any ballet, and, and yet I look at uh, the Nutcracker as, uh, for me, the very first time I saw a production. I was young, mm-hmm. and the concept of dolls coming to life—that—that right. right. that, um, what what other adults see as just trivial um, toys right. that from the eyes of a child, uh-huh. they, they contain their own life and magic yes. in that. And you still preserve that sense of understanding from the view of a child right. what the magic of the, the magic cracker of, story is. Yes, and just, and just going on these journeys. You know, you can, you can Google anything nowadays. So she goes to China. So she goes to China. She, she goes to Russia. She goes to all the different places that... That the music takes you, you know, I mean, that, that the, the traditional uh, Nutcracker does. But our versions always have like a hip-hop backbeat. They're, they're, they're reconstructed, reimagined versions of the Tchaikovsky music that are really kind of fun and very contemporary. You know, so, so it's not just instead of the Waltz of the Flowers, we have the Angry Bird Waltz. You know, and and for how, how relatable is that for you know, kids? Of course, yes. you know, and then uh, for the buffoons, you know, it's regularly, regularly it's just the buffoons in the traditional Nutcracker. Well, ours are Mario's and Luigi's, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. By the way, mom and dad know just as much about Mario and Luigi as the kids know about Angry Birds. I yeah. know, I know, and so so we related all those different places to what she can do with her phone, and at the end of the story, it becomes overwhelming for her because all these different competing. Things are coming at her back and forth, and she's like realizes that okay, yes, this is a fun tool, but in the end, it's it's about her and her family, and that to me is kind of like it sews it all up and gives it a happy ending where she's like, oh, you know, yes, the phone is is fun, but but still, my family is what's important to me, my real family, yeah, and so to me that that actually has a story to it that makes sense, and I felt at least has a theme. That's really, you know, uh, relatable for kids today. I really love that because, um, you know, the smartphone and the tablets, it's in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. But you're comparing that, that which is in the palm of your hand, that fantasy Uh um, versus what's in the reach of your hand, which Uh is your real family members. Exactly. Right. Right beside you, and what what uh, what can get out of control? What yeah. a great social commentary that yeah. kids have no idea that they're actually learning something from that. Right? <laughs> they might come home and and, go, and have that go, discussion. Oh, yes, but exactly. that's art, isn't it? That's yeah. what art does. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so to me, when I had that idea of how what the phone was and how that became the catalyst for her journey, then the show made sense to me, and I thought, okay. I'm willing to go go ahead and do a Nutcracker 
but what, you know, in a different way. And I thought, well, what are you going to call it? You know, and I just, you know, we had redux, you know, apocalypse, you know, there's, and I just had the redux nut cracker. That makes sense. That kind of flowed really. I said, that's <laughs> something we could, we could market and something that we could, uh, you know, brand, you know, as far as a version of the Nutcracker that's, that's you know, contemporary. I'm going to, I could guess how long we've been doing, or you've been doing Redux Nutcracker, but I'll, I'd be wrong. How long have you been bringing uh, it's it to been, the stage? This is our fourth year okay. of doing the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's really... It's it's really made for all those who have been to one too many Nutcrackers, <laughs> and you know who you are. Uh, but you know if you've been to one too many, and it's, and and sometimes it's kind of hard to sit through because it's long. There are parts of it that are long. Mm-hmm. I did I did an hour twenty minute version with no intermission. You just whisk right through the entire show, and it's it's really really in, entertaining. And and what I love too, and and uh, I guess it sounds a little bit like I'm gushing. Who am I talking to? It's Daryl Yeager. He is the founder and the artistic director, and and so many other hats. We talked with the Odyssey Dance Theater, and we're talking about what is on stage. Uh, Redux Nutcracker, Kingsbury Hall. Kingsbury Hall, just extraordinary. And um, my point of kind of bringing this is that you made the point that originally. Tchaikovsky's. Uh-huh, Tchaikovsky. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, his, uh, so much of his music was written in the 1830s. Yeah. Well, at that time, um, the people were dancing minuets. I mean, that's what children yes. saw uh-huh. were these formal dances. So this music that he composed and was performed at that time was the music of the day. He was the Lady Gaga of his, te- <laughs> of his era. You know what I mean? Right, but that's he was why composing, yeah, you've yeah. taken that music, and yes. as you said, with that hip-hop element, uh-huh. so that the generation of today can again relate to the music as did almost yes. 200 years ago. The kids, the kids in those days. So it's it's really been fun. The funnest part was to go through and find all these different versions of the music. And I mean, it, it was just, it was fascinating how much stuff was out there. Because you're not the composer? No, I didn't okay. compose it. I, but, I, but I found all these remixes and stuff that work really, really well. And then I would kind of put my own spin in it. You know, like the Merliton, the Merliton dance, you know, that's normally the girls with flutes. I'm trying dancing. to think if I dozed off at that time. Yeah, they're so. in there. They're, they're <laughs> Merlin, that's, that's what's normally in the traditional Nutcracker. Yeah. Well, I found a version of this that was done by a, a Jewish orchestra. And, and it is and I, and it sounds like they're drunk. Yes. It, the music sounds like it's drunk. And I, I just laughed so hard at it. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I said, oh, well, I'm going to have Clara see her parents inebriated in with the eggnog <laughs> yes. there's one too many cups too of many eggnog. eggnogs and they're just a little loopy and you know it's embarrassing for her to see them and she's like oh i gotta put this on snapchat or, you know wait whatever. till they and, kiss under the mistletoe yes. that's a whole nother thing exactly. for the children. so i mean so i found all these different pieces of music that uh that you know help tell the story in our particular way and that was what was so fun about it. I want to talk about your dancers. Um, so who's pa- playing the role of Clara and the age of that dancer? Uh, Amber Moraine is playing uh, uh, Clara. And uh, she's just an amazing, amazing dancer. She went to L.A. and danced there for quite a few years. And actually, I saw her when she was like, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper many, mm. many years ago. Was she and performing? Is oh, that yeah. what you saw? she was wow. dancing and performing. Mm-hmm. And I... I I knew there was something very special about her, and I had to kind of wait. I had I had to be patient and wait till she kind of got L.A. out of her system, and then she decided to come back to Utah and got married. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm the lucky guy that gets to have her dance in my company now, you know. We have Tanisha uh, Belknap, who was just on So You Think You Dance a couple of seasons ago. She's come back and is dancing with the company now, and it's amazing how – 
how good they all are. Well, that's what you have to say yeah. too. Is that, you know I've used the 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 symbolism of pulling back the curtains a couple of times mm-hmm. as we kicked off this interview. But I feel like you do that uh, on stage. That those who let's say you have never had a chance to go see Redux Nutcracker and you've been hearing about it, mm-hmm. what that does for you besides seeing the story reinterpreted and the hip hop music is it actually shows you the type of talent. Yeah. That is drawn mm-hmm. to Salt Lake City, drawn to Utah, or coming back home because we have some of the finest dancers in the world here, and and mm-hmm. and the world knows about Utah and their dancers. And I've often wondered what it is that what's in the water here that's creating all these amazing dancers. I'll I'll go to New York and L.A. and I'll audition every year for the company, but I'll usually only come come back with maybe two or three. Still, eighty to ninety percent of the company is, is more born and bred here in Utah. And I come back to the auditions here and I'm like, well, yeah, they were okay in New York and LA, but these kids here are kicking it. You know, they're doing, they're so good. And I think a lot of it's because their parents are so supportive. I was talking to one of the dancers, one of my principal dancers, mother the other day, and she was telling me about how much she sacrificed. You know, she said almost her, she was a teacher for many years and, the Alpine School District, and and she said her entire Sorry. paycheck mm-hmm. went to her daughter's dance studies, just thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that they spent to help train her and help her follow her passion. Not to mention the time oh, of picking time. her up oh, and driving her many, and sitting yeah, at the driving there, house. sitting there during class and trying trying to read, you know, whatever, and just. But, but the support that the kids get here, I think, is really, really remarkable. And I think that's something that makes it unique. And then we, then we have some amazingly, really good dance studios here in Utah. And so the kids are getting great training. And so th- with those two combinations, uh, that's why we keep seeing amazing performers coming out of Utah. Because they just, they're just, uh, they get that backing you know, that they need. And of course we support that by going to the arts and seeing performances like this. So Redux, Redux Nutcracker, I'm trying to get the hyphen in the right place. Redux Nut. Redux Nut. Cracker. Cracker. Yes. There you (laughs) go. Tell me about the performance dates. We're going to be at Kingsbury Hall, the 13th through the 23rd. Mm -hmm. It's be 12 performances. There's a matinee on each, but each of the Saturdays, um, it is just an amazing production. And I you mean, said it's an, one and an hour and a half straight. There's no intermission, yeah, oh, so it's minutes, family man. friendly. You're in, and okay. out. You're in and out, and and it's all the boring stuff is gone. You know what I mean? You don't have mm-hmm. to. It's like really entertaining, and so and to me, that's what Odyssey Dance Theater is. And you're going to see all these different styles of dance. You're going to see ballet. You're going to see jazz. You're going to see hip hop. You're going to see ballroom. You know you. See you see all these different styles in a show. So there's a real smorgasbord of what these dancers are capable of doing within this one production. And and these dancers all have the capability to do all four of mm-hmm. those styles. All of them, yeah. yeah. Because they're premier yeah. dancers. And mm-hmm. that's that's what makes the company really unique. Tell me about, you said there's matinee performances on the Saturdays. Uh-huh. Evening performances, just one a night? Yes. Uh-huh. At, at Kingsbury Hall. Where is the best place to get tickets for Odyssey Dance Theater? If you production? go to odysseydance.com, Okay. You can go there and get all the information. You can also go to the Kingsbury Hall website. Uh, there, 
I think their number is 581-7100. Look at you go. It's the box office. Okay, 581-7100. Uh-huh. I'm really glad that you brought up odysseydance.com because when I'm curious as to what's coming up right. for Odyssey Dance Theater, that is the best place to go. A lot of times people get so excited, Odyssey Dance Theater, we're hearing Thriller and we think of that. Your company, your your dancers, your, your uh, dance company is busy throughout the year oh, yeah. with incredible performances. So as we look beyond Redux, Nut, Cracker, Cracker okay, right. I'm still going uh-huh. on that. Uh, what do we have in this? We have time? our spring production coming mm-hmm. up in uh, March, the first two weekends in March. Uh, it's called Shut Up and Dance. And we will be doing three different productions there. The, uh, we're going to bring back our really popular full-length version of Michael of MJ, which wow. is all Michael Jackson music. That was tremendous. It was a, if you a, love yeah. dance music and Michael Jackson's contribution yeah. to pop music, this is extraordinary. Yes, it, it, it's an amazing show. And that's the one that we're actually going to take to Tel Aviv. That's the one they wanted to, to bring wow. to Tel Aviv this next year. And then, um, and then we're going to do um, – we did a new production last year of Prince music. You know, after Prince passed away, sure. I went, wow. You know, I mean, he was such an icon and, and he has such, so many great pieces Songs, of music. Yeah. So and they're full. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even know if that's the right description, but his music is very, um, I'll say full in, 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 in terms of orchestral. There's lots mm-hmm. of different instruments and layers. And danceable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's such great music. And so we did kind of a tribute to him. That that's part of half of the show. Then the other half, the first act is made up of repertory pieces, which are smaller, smaller works of, of ballet or duets and, and, uh, uh, you know, contemporary pieces and things of that sort. And then our, our, we're going to do one more show in the shut up and dance season. And it's going to be a full length version of a show called Chicago Nights. And it's basically Roxy Hart from Chicago, you know, the the musical Chicago, yes. meets up with Al Capone. <laughs> and so so they are they I'm kind of combining both of their stories into one. Oh my goodness. And that's going to be Chicago Nights and it's going to be a full-length show. So we've already started putting some things together for that. Okay, and, I've got to ask, um, and, and, and I feel like I've, I've had you talking so much. If you need to get a drink of water, do it. No, but the, the part of the music that I loved about Chicago is that jazzy, sultry uh-huh. sound. So we're going to be seeing jazz dancing? Oh, yeah. And a, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, the, but Al Capone, all that jazz. that's another period of time. We, did, we just mm-hmm. put together the cell block tango, you know, <laughs> with all the, all the, the maidens who uh, are on murder row, Murder's Row. I think and, that's, uh, is that one of the opening acts? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's like the, the third scenes. or fourth song. In okay, the show. yeah. But uh, all that jazz is the opening number. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of great great music in the show, and uh, but I'm also going to be interweaving the story of Al Capone within it. You know, and uh, another bad guy because yes, Roxy you know, is no, is they, not an innocent. And so I'm kind of creating a a fantasy where Al Capone and Roxy get together. And, uh, you know, and we'll see where it, where it goes from there. But Talk about a power couple. I know. I know. <laughs> so, but it's just really, really interesting to see. Well, you know, I, I saw a, a, a show not too long ago called Prohibition. I think Ken Burns put it together. It was, it was uh, a one documentary. Of those documentary. Mm-hmm. And it was just fascinating to see how Prohibition actually gave rise to the entire gang system. And criminal like behavior. Yeah, because everybody, you know, the, the government was saying you can't have liquor and everybody's going, wait a minute, we... Now we want liquor, you know, and we're going to figure out how to get it. And the, the gangsters were just really happy to supply them. Well, and that. it's interesting. I'm glad you, you shared that because I recently read a book and it talked about how that same criminal 
uh, behavior influenced uh, crime in Mexico during the Prohibition mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. and up in Canada. I mean, yeah. this was crossing boundaries yeah. and it's extraordinary times. So we're going to have Al Capone, the bad guys of bad guys yes. Yes. with Roxy. Yes. I saw Chicago in New York uh-huh. and have a great love, but I've never seen Al Capone on stage. Yes. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I think somehow the the. The uh, St. Valentine's Massacre will happen on the stage. You know, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that happen. But it's not a there. musical. It's it, not a musical. Okay. No, it's all, this is all dance. It'll be all dance. But I mean, there's, those are events that are, that surround Al Capone that are very, very unique and, uh, and iconic in their own way. This so, is the Shut Up and Dance series coming yes. this spring in 2018 with Odyssey Dance Theater. Daryl, um, the last time you were here, I was remiss and did not, uh, give a bow to your wife and her creative oh. energies. Because as you mentioned, Roxy was Chicago and Al Capone mm-hmm. and MJ and Prince. There is a power personality who is making those costumes yes. and sets come alive. Yeah, that's my, that's my wife, Cheryl. She is, she is an amazing customer. I mean, she, uh, she and I danced together in Ballet West many years ago. Is and, that where you uh, met? Yes, we okay. met in Ballet West. And was uh, it Romeo and Juliet? No, it was, was Carmina just... Barana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were partners with Carmina Barana, and we got to know each other really well. And so, uh, but she, um, I, I actually asked her out for a date, uh, and we, you know, she, I'd been there for several months, and you know, she never talked to me. She was just a quiet mm-hmm. girl in the corner, and I just went up to her and I said, "How come you never talked to me?" And she's like, looks at me like, well, "Who are you?" You know, and I said, "Well, you want to go see a movie or something?" She goes. Maybe and I said, "Well, let's go see the Exorcist because the Exorcist has just come out." And she looks at me. She goes, "No, I'm not going to go see that." And I just I turned around and sulked and just walked back to the corner. I like it took me half a day to figure out. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe it's not me. She Maybe it's the Exorcist. Maybe it's the movie. Maybe it's the head spinning around. And so she's then I went about. back. I went back to her and I said, "Okay, well, what about if we go out to dinner? How about that?" She goes, "Okay, I'll do that." So we went out to dinner, and I knew on that first date that I was going to marry her. You know, and we've been married for 43 years now. So I love the transition from Carmina Barana to The Exorcist to dinner. <laughs> and here we are leading into Chicago to Chicago. Al Capone. Such exactly. a creative uh, But anyway, she, she dan- we danced together for quite a, uh, several years in Ballet West. And then when we had our first child, she started working in their costume department there just to, just to keep busy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, she's really, really good at it. Another outlet for her artistic exactly. ability. And so yeah. we were kind of like a mom and pop team in that context because we'll sit there lying, lying lying in bed at night and I go what what would you do for this costume and she goes well what if I did this oh, oh what what do we have in our repertoire that would fit for this oh yeah we got this oh cool okay that works being a yeah. dancer she understands yeah. movements that would need to occur within the costume yes. so what a and what how to make talent. a costume so yeah. a dancer can dance in it. Mm. And that is an art form in and of itself. Wow. And so it's really nice to know that whatever we design together or put together, it's going to be danceable. Uh. You know, so so it works out great. I mean, we, we actually enjoy working together, which is kind of unusual in some in some respects. And, and again, but, I appreciate so much that we are also giving another uh, vantage point to see art on stage. As, as we're talking about the opening of Redux Nutcracker, uh-huh. December 13th, we're talking about the music, the, the hip-hop, the reimagining of the dances and of the story, but the costumes are a whole other element of art to be, uh, to be um, you know, recognized on stage. When, when we first did the production four years ago, I literally decided to do it like four weeks before we were going to do it. And I said, honey, can you get some costumes together for this? And she looks at me like, Daryl, 
<laughs> four weeks. Four weeks to put together the costumes for an entire show. My goodness. Uh, it was just, uh, she about killed me after that. But but she pulled it off and it was amazing. Wow. You know, and, and it continues uh, to be yes, amazing. Yes. She's, she's really quite a remarkable person and I'm really fortunate to have her. Well, we're going to have a chance to see her, uh, her artwork on stage with Redux Nutcracker uh-huh. and then into 2018 for the spring performances of Shut Up and Dance. Daryl Yeager, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. You bet. And Thanks for, for and also thank you for those of us who had, have seen one too many Nutcrackers for giving <laughs> us another place as a tradition to go to and seek because seeing Christmas themed performances is a tradition in itself. You bet. So you've done you it bet. on the stage of Kingsbury Hall. You can take a look at tickets at odysseydance.com. Merry Christmas. Hey, same to you. Thank you.